I think that we cracked what the most powerful superpower would be, which I think would be... Don't take the fun out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I think the ability to convince anyone of anything. So, like, if if it's not always if you're in a fight, with... <laughs> welcome to the Junior Lawyers Division podcast with me, Jonathan Hodge, and me, Ollie Gregg. The Junior Lawyers Division of the Law Society is the division which supports trainee solicitors, solicitors who are up to and including five years qualified, solicitor apprentices, and LPC students. Today we're interviewing Max Hobbs, who is a solicitor in the White Collar Crime Department of McFarlane Solicitors in London. Max, hello. Hello, thanks for having me. No problem. So White Collar Crime, that's quite an unusual area to specialise in for a junior lawyer. How did you get into that? Um, unintentionally, I think, is, is the short answer. Um, but uh, I'm very lucky that I've actually ended up there. Basically, I trained at McFarland's, uh, whatever it was, about five years ago, I started my training. And we didn't have a white collar crime team at that time. And sort of generally, there were a few places in the, in the city that were doing it, but it wasn't nearly as popular as it is now. Um, I then sort of qualified into financial regulation, which has a little bit of crossover, but, you know, is sort of still quite a distinct area. Uh, And that was the closest thing McFarland's did at that time. So as part of that, I did quite a lot of money laundering work, helping with, you know, compliance and did did the odd investigation as well, um, working opposite the FCA and things like that. And then I got very lucky because about two years ago, we um, got Neil Blundell came and joined us from Eversheds and set up what we call the Corporate Crime and Investigations Team, but it's basically our white collar crime department. And um, they needed people. So I went, you know, went down the corridor and said, hey, I, I know about all this money laundering stuff because I've been doing it in my regulatory work, <laughs> but I also really like the sound of all the fraud and the bribery and all the other stuff you guys are going to do. Um, could I? <laughs> well, yeah, no, of course. I mean, preventing, how do you yeah. do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that, that's how I got into it. And um, it, it's really interesting as, a, as an area. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I'm really lucky. I think I've probably got one of the best jobs at McFarland's. Um, but it's just been interesting to see how over the past two or three years, it's gone from being quite a niche area to really blowing up. And I think most big firms will now have a team, a white collar team in place. And if they don't, they'll be trying to put one together. Uh, and, you know, there's all these funny old um, events, like there's this big thing called the Fraud uh, Fraud Lawyers Association dinner, where all, all the great and good of the white collar crime area get together every year, and that's just ballooning in size year on year because everyone's trying to get on the act. So, what, a good area why do you to be think in. that is? Why do you think it only recently, relatively recently, that it's got so popular amongst firms? They just all realise that they are missing out on the slice of the pie, or I think so. I, I think it's two or three things. So, first of all, if you look at some of the really big legislation that you would build sort of your practice around that's all relatively recent so like the bribery act uh, was brought in in 2010 but only came into force in 2011 you had the money laundering regs were in 2007 but then updated in a major way in 2017 got the proceeds of crime act in 2002 so i know that some of that's getting on to 20 years old but if you look at sort of the long history of 
you know, sort of the property law that you might do and, and stuff like that. It's yeah. really in its infancy. And it's that combined with the fact that the authorities are just really cracking down on it. I mean, if you think about money laundering in general, and you just think about the way that that's hit public consciousness and is now high up the agenda, you've got sort of TV shows like McMafia, you've got sort of blockbuster prosecutions. I mean, you know, if you look, look recently at some of the deferred prosecution agreements that have happened, you've got fines of like a billion euros being fined on companies. Mm. And this is just stuff that wasn't really happening uh, until very recently. So quite realistically now, you can go to a large company and say, hey, there's a very realistic chance you might be um, investigated and then prosecuted and might end up paying a gigantic fine if you don't sort out stuff like your money laundering prevention procedures or, or your anti-bribery procedures. Uh, and then I guess the final little ingredient is just sort of public consciousness and awareness. I mean, if you think about sort of the city as it was in the late 80s compared to things like corporate social responsibility now, ESG is a big thing. Mm. And just what, what comes with all that territory is a bit of an insistence that companies actually don't do stuff like bribe people for their business you know which seems like a pretty good way to go um and so so yeah it's it's sort of a combination of all those factors and uh with that comes the opportunity i think to um do a lot of good work and bring in good fees when you're um you know assisting on a very large investigation or helping a big multinational sort out its procedures so there's there's that angle of course in it for the big firms too it makes you wonder what it was like before yeah, uh, just um, de what was going on? <laughs> <laughs> I guess would be. Yeah, I, I saw in the news about um, relatively recently about the amount of Russian money in the UK economy. Yeah, and they're basically saying it's too late. Like a lot of this money laundering that's coming from Russia uh, in the nineties, when sort of you know Russia got opened up to the to the West in terms of business, mm. uh, and so much investment came in from so many sort of slightly shady funds. But it's just too late. Just got to embrace it now. It's just it's there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. No, it's it's um, staggering the size and the value of money that's laundered um, just globally every year. I mean, the, it's so big that most serious agencies will honestly say we, we don't even really know how much there is. Um, mm. And, you know, that that's going back to the question of why is this such a big thing now? There's a whole range of really good books that explain how this works that have come out recently, as well as films and, you know, TV series like Ozark and all this sort of stuff. It's just like yeah. people are just more aware of it. I don't think it's necessarily happening more than it ever has done in the past. It's probably happening a bit less because people are more worried about being found now, but we're just really mm. hyper aware of it and are cracking down on it. When you say about there's these big international schemes, mm. do you mean criminal schemes? I mean, who, yes. who's running? Oh, right. Okay. Well, who I, would be your client in that situation? Uh, well, it, it, it depends. I mean, keeping things nice and um, anonymous and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, a, a typical situation might be that we would be instructed by uh, an individual who, for example, has lent money to another individual who has basically owes them a great amount uh, yeah. that, that currently can't be recovered because they've just laundered it away and it has disappeared yeah. through... Cyprus, through Cayman, through Panama, through all these others, like layers and layers of companies. And so even if you could prove beyond any doubt whatsoever that the money was owed, you can't actually find anything. 
So that might be the sort of case where you're instructed to go out and try through asset recovery uh, mm. to try and just and tracing, try and work out what's gone on and, and whether there is any pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And then you go, aha, and, and, and try and grab some of it. So that's one example of where you'll come across those sorts of um, schemes, which is, uh, you know, very advanced and a bit more unusual. The sort of more day-to-day -day money laundering stuff that I work on that I really enjoy is a bit more of the compliancy side, which is where you'll actually just have really good, honest companies that need to make sure that they're compliant with the regulations. And they'll sort of say, well, look, so how do we do that? What, what stuff do we need? And, and you can go and give training sessions or help them design their policies and procedures. Um, and it, it's, there's such a big difference potentially between just creating something that ticks the boxes and something that genuinely will help a company to go and stop what is like a really insidious and a really bad thing, which is money laundering, mm. um, or, or stopping and avoiding bribery, for example. So it comes up in all sorts of guises. But um, yeah, uh, people from slightly more unstable jurisdictions that are, that yeah. are running off and hiding cash is, is sort of mm. what I was thinking about. Yeah. So another uh, subject that you are knowledgeable about and which I'm particularly interested in is about investment and how, and you probably explain this better than I can, but is it right that at least it used to be that if you a UK investor and you invested in a company which profited from something that would be illegal where it's in the UK, e.g. if you invested in a US or Canadian company that mm. creates cannabis, you, it was a crime to profit from that investment if you were UK. Yeah, technically, right? and it's still the case. So don't, don't, you know, <laughs> don't, don't do it, John. Don't, 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 don't be telling everyone. <laughs> no, this was a really interesting one. This is where um, our slightly, already slightly outdated money laundering laws come up against sort of new realities. And this was a little quirk that we worked out about two years ago. Um, that then, you know, sort of a, a lot of uh, investment um, institutions and, and banks and things like that then got very concerned about. So it was it's basically exactly like you described. The way our money laundering rules work, um, Proceeds of Crime Act 2002, basically says, look, if you do some criminal conduct, like if you sell some drugs, then the proceeds from that criminal activity are the proceeds of crime. So if you then go and pass it around to other people or you transfer it or convert it into something else, whatever, that creates like a chain of um, potential liability, and that is money laundering. And you can't just go around and handle the proceeds of crime. That is, you know, itself a crime. And that, that's sort of what it's all about. Mm. But the way it works when it comes to activity done abroad is if you do something abroad that would have been illegal if it was done in the UK, then the same rules apply. So if you go, I don't know, if you go to Spain and you sell a bunch of drugs, then the money that you get from it is the proceeds of crime. So that was the situation in 2002 with the Proceeds of Crime Act. And then they cottoned on to the fact that that's a little bit draconian. So they introduced this little um, exemption that's generally known as the Spanish bullfighter exemption. And I'm not really sure why it's called that, because I'm not sure what the law around bullfighting is in the UK. But, but the, the, the idea yeah. around it is if you have a person in Spain, but they weren't selling drugs, in fact, what they were doing was something perfectly legal there, which is doing a bit of bullfighting. Let's say they're a matador on their summer holidays. 
Um, if they then come back and they have earned all their money from from being a matador, then technically that's the proceeds of crime because that's an illegal thing in the UK. They can't go to England and, and do some bullfighting. So they introduced this exception which said, if the thing that you're doing abroad would only be punishable by up to 12 months in prison, so it's only like minor crimes, then don't worry about it, it's mm. fine. It's the Spanish bullfighter exception. So... As right. I say, I don't know what the the rules are, but I guess if you set up your own bullfighting ring in the UK, you're only punished up to twelve months. I don't actually know if that's true. Don't, yeah. don't quote me on that. <laughs> Please don't try it. But it's almost a risk one, worth but... taking, John. Yeah, absolutely. If you just think about the potential, the money. Um, no, but anyway, so you, I'll get you a so, so that that's sort of the the nice little exemption. But when it comes to cannabis. That doesn't even get close because most cannabis related activity is punishable by up to 14 years in prison here. So what we realized is where you have these massive companies now, including listed big, you know, billion dollar companies in especially Canada, but also large parts of the US now, when they're doing stuff like growing and selling cannabis, that's all illegal activity in the UK. So where you have, you know, shares in those companies and they're generating revenue based on growing and selling of marijuana um, or cannabis, and then you, you know, financial institution invest in it and start getting the revenue from it. Technically, that's money laundering. Um, so we mm. spotted this and sort of gave some advice and wrote an article about it at the time to let people know and said, look, actually, guys, what you need to do is, is watch out on this because um, technically that that's committing an offence. And as you can imagine, lots and lots of people then went, oh, <laughs> right, crap, um, can you explain more, please? And, it, and it's OK, you can sort yeah. it out because the, the way it works generally is um, you, you let the National Crime Agency know what you're planning to do. Let's say you're going to buy you know, a thousand shares of this cannabis company, um, you can put in what's called a suspicious activity report and say, look, we, we, are going, we intend to do this um, potentially money laundering uh, related activity. Can you, National Crime Agency, please um, like bless it, essentially? Or can you let us know if you have any yeah. objections? And if they don't object within seven working days, you get sort of deemed consent to go ahead. So, well, it, it, it is kind of fantastic in the sense that you can sort of protect yourself, but it, number one, it doesn't cover all scenarios, so it's definitely not the sort of um, panacea that it might be. But also, what we thought was really interesting is the National Crime Agency didn't say, oh, yeah, this cannabis stuff, we hadn't even thought about it, obviously that's not what this is about, go ahead. In fact, they tend to hedge their bets and get sort of um, a bit coy about it and say, well, actually, we can't confirm or deny that what you're going to do um, is, is legal or not, which isn't a great deal of comfort if you are a major no. financial institution. So there's this really interesting balancing act where you sort of, you can't close out the British financial system from as big an, an investment opportunity as cannabis companies was, certainly 18 months ago. I mean, it was um, a budding uh industry oh dear. sorry oh sorry we got a lot of practice doing those oh. well, was... <laughs> i refuse to laugh at that. Uh, that you've sense. come out with some real bad stuff though john i can't believe you're you're yeah, getting I think, to be honest with you max max i think you should just leave <laughs> very good now move, moving on uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, yeah. um, look, so yeah. it's a massive opportunity. Yeah. And um, so you, you can't reasonably say to UK finance, you're not having access to this. But they, the authorities never went the other way and said, well, well go, go get it, guys. Um, so there was a, a long period of, of sort of interesting times where we had to navigate all these rules. Um, and, you know, you're putting in suspicious activity reports, you're trying to get things blessed, you're putting in place the right mitigation to make sure that you're not uh, actually committing any offences. And it still crops up all the time as an issue because it's sort of probably an, an unintended quirk of the law. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, a difficult thing. So you can't, as a, as a bank or an institution with a good conscience, knowingly go and... Um, break the law so you have to navigate your way through yeah, it that's right. that all sounds really interesting and i think a lot of people listening to this podcast will be wanting to know the ways they can get involved in that so do you have any tips yeah well I, you know just to say first of all i think it's an excellent area to get into i really genuinely enjoy the work that i do um and as i said at the start it's only growing in popularity and scope as an area so I, I mean, obviously, it's a while since I was at law school, but I still don't think that there's white collar crime modules or anything like that that take place on stuff like the LPC or the GDL. So it's hard to get into it early. But there is there are sort of the routes that I used to get into it were financial regulation and litigation work. And I think getting into those sorts of areas with a view to sort of making sure your practice overlaps with it. Um, is just a really sensible way to go and keeping your eyes and ears open from like an early stage in your career as to where there's potential opportunities to get it started because there's still plenty of firms that are creating new white collar teams and getting into this area um, and also you know it's so busy that there's lots of departments around the city that are hiring people to, to come and work in it so as I say it's not really like a set path yet because it's still not that um, significant uh, an area so feel free to get in touch with people like me you can find me on LinkedIn um, and, and get in touch there anything like that and contact anyone that you um, might know that works in the area and just get involved in little bits where you can if there's a bit of compliance work with your regulatory team that's going to be designing an anti-money laundering module jump at the opportunity that's certainly how um, I started getting involved in it or if there's an, an investigation that your litigation team is doing, even if it's for the FCA and it's, and it's not to do with money laundering, all those same skills, all those same skills are really transferable. So um, you can't, I don't think when you're too junior, sort of declare, oh, I'm definitely going to love this area. Because I remember being on the LPC and saying, I cannot wait mm. to be a corporate lawyer. Um, that's what I'm all about. <laughs> Just totally not. Good heavens. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I, I didn't know what I was getting into. That's kind of the point. So you guys might get involved in white yeah. color crime and think it's super dull. But um, uh, if you if it's piqued your interest at all, um, the things I've been saying, then do try those areas. If you've got seats uh, in them at your firms, uh, trainees and, and junior lawyers, and, and see if you can get some exposure to it, because there's only going to be more of this stuff happening in the future. Brilliant. It's that time of the podcast. I'm sure it's your favourite. It's fact, fiction, and foreign jurisdiction. I, I'm about to run through three. Yeah, I'm, I'm like very excited. Three, three different scenarios are coming, and I think 
well, what we'll do is we'll get um, Max to give his answer individually, and then John, and we'll and then we'll do each one individually. So, I think it's only fair that we start with a scenario that involves cannabis. Oh, outstanding. Okay, so. Cool. But before we do that, before we do that, though, Ollie, for anyone who isn't familiar, Ollie's going to read out a legal scenario, and it's either going to be a real case from this jurisdiction, it's going to be made up, or it's going to be a real case from a different jurisdiction, and then yes, Matt's forgive me, guess, sorry, I got a bit overexcited and just yeah, just raring to go. Okay, it is exciting. So we've yeah. got. A person known as C. So C smokes cannabis and goes to an all-you-can-eat pizza restaurant. C is vegetarian and eats all of the vegetarian pizza in the restaurant, right? C is still hungry, (laughs) but there is only meat pizza left. So C claims against the restaurant for failing to live up to its promise of all you can eat is that is that uh, fake no sorry fact <laughs> how many episodes are we been doing this now i was gonna say there it is this february so what do you think and we'll start with max first please Okay, so so let me just double check. So they they get effects, they get the munchies, they eat all the vegetarian pizza, and then they just keep going, and they accidentally eat some meat pizza, no, no, and then there, no, no? So, so 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 it's an all-you-can-eat pizza restaurant, mm. and so they think right, okay, I'll sign up to this because I've got the munchies, I'm ready to go for some pizza. Yeah, eat all the vegetarian pizza in a restaurant, and there's only meat left. And oh, I see. Meat. So, they so, so they're, they're not suing for having eaten meat, they're, they're no. suing because they wanted to eat more vegetarian and they couldn't, yeah, so it eat. wasn't all they could eat. Well, you can eat pizza that wasn't all you can eat. See, that sounds totally ridiculous, but for that reason, I think you've probably it's probably real, but I can imagine that happening. I want to go a bit, a bit unusual. I think that's foreign jurisdiction, okay. I, I don't want to, you know, um, upset anyone, so I won't say which jurisdiction. I think maybe okay, yeah, I can possibly comment. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm going with that okay. one. I've got, got feeling. Interesting, John. So what you're talking about here is you're saying that C sued for frustration because I the don't pizza read that much. <laughs> I don't bloody know the details. Yeah, well. What's the, the reason I say that, though, is because it's interesting, because otherwise, why would anyone know that C had smoked cannabis? Why was that in evidence? What's the issue there? Presumably, they said, uh, in defence, you eat an amount which is reasonable. It's not all you can eat. The small print will be all that you can reasonably eat. It is, and, they, and then he said, C said, I say he, it could have been a she. C says, well, I had the munchies, and therefore I ate more than the average consumer would, and you have to case for that. And then they said in defence, exterp I cause a non or actio, you haven't got clean hands because you were uh, high, you'd partaken in legal substance, get out of our shop. Presumably this didn't happen in the <laughs> shop. Anyway, <laughs> so, so I think this could well be real, uh, but I'm suspicious that it's foreign, but I'm even more suspicious, and I just don't think that whole series of events would have come about because I don't think someone would say that I would eat more because I was high, because it's a, it's a illegal activity. Well, all I've said... And 
uh, cannabis consumption in the United States has only been legal so, yeah, for I, a couple I of years. I think this is somebody so, in Colorado where it's legal <laughs> and it's just a whole culture thing yeah. and they've, you know, they've partaken far too much and it, it's, it's just an acceptable <laughs> no. thing to say, sorry, Your Honour. No. You know what it's like. We've all been there. No, this is no, no. <laughs> you, know, it's like you get the munchies. It's middle of the night. You get to where you can eat pizza. No, I think this is. I think it's partly real, but I think Ollie's added the cannabis element to it, knowing you were coming on the show. And unfortunately, I've done the thing I always criticise Ollie for. I played the map, and <laughs> uh, not the game. Uh, I think this okay. is fake or fiction. I should say fiction. fiction. Come on, I've even, right. I've even, I've even, yeah, uh, it is fiction. Oh, I, I made it up completely. Yeah. I, I was trying to think of a cannabis-related scenario, and that's what I come up with at 4 p.m. on a Monday enough, afternoon. Eh? And I'm glad that I caught. At it was least very one believable. Of well, there yeah, you go. Well it's always America that takes the flat. <laughs> it always well, is. Oh, the facts, very good. You said. Moving very swiftly on. Uh, no, but this is the problem: is that listen, you know, guests have a disadvantage. Yeah, I know Ollie. You know how the quiz master works. <laughs> so, yeah. The inside line. Oh, exactly. But I'm still taking Okay. Well, how about Don't this about one that. then? G- give me a chance to explain this one. All right. I hope. Hopefully, it's not too complicated. So, an advert on TV shows a teenager has won a Harrier jet by using loyalty points. One point is like you know, spend 10p you get a point right mm. so this this That's this person points. called a sends a check to that company to purchase the amount of points the advert claims you would require to buy a harrier jet you can probably see where i'm going with this so the company receives this check and says no you're not having a harrier jet <laughs> it was never part of the, never part of the thing it's just a bloody advert <laughs> Um, and this person takes the company to court and sues them. So actually, it's sort of similar to the other scenario, really, in terms of that is some sort of an advert. But anyway, that's a scenario. So person sees advert with kid in a Harrier jet for a certain amount of loyalty points and sends a check to company to buy the amount of loyalty points required to get a Harrier jet and wants a Harrier jet and sues. Is this fiction, fact, Foreign jurisdiction. Well, Go well, on. Well, hang on. Give us the outcome of the case. I didn't Give say the, the outcome. outcome of, of the case. I didn't say the you outcome see, of the case happened. in the last one. <laughs> that, that, that is true. Uh, <laughs> that is true. No, uh, what, what was the outcome? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I, I, I don't want to go into that because I don't want to give the game away. I, I'd rather not give the decision because if if you're if you're All making right, if you're making it up it, it, and if you're so I haven't made this one up or maybe I have. I'm trying not to give the answer away here, but yeah. if yeah, if, yeah, yeah, if, if, if I make up a decision, you'll go to me, oh, that's not the law because of Latin, and then I've got nothing. To do. I've got, <laughs> there's nothing I can do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a you know a property lawyer who who likes to you know convey things, assets of property. <laughs> so right. there you go, and you're going right. first, John. Come on now, you are. You are. I'm going first. All right, okay. Quick answer. Well, I don't need to give a quick answer. Is this is real? Okay. And the reason I think that is because the Harrier jet is an RAF aircraft. So I don't think what? an American kid is going to want the Harrier jump jet. Right. Okay. Hmm. I mean, every kid obviously wants a Harrier jet. I mean, it's like... <laughs> yeah, but why would a company advertise it to people? So if it was in America, it'd be like, hey, kid, do you want this F-19 fighter <laughs> jet? <laughs> you know, it's probably advertised by... That's pretty good. probably advertised by Hulk Hogan. 
Eat your vitamins, say your prayers. Okay. Be a good American. See, that's how I imagine the person from question one talking. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want a pizza? <laughs> um... What's your answer, John? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right. Uh, I, okay. There are cases involving failure of um, consideration involving adverse things like this, where, for example, there was one couple of episodes ago, in fact, where the person had uh, won a radio competition and got a car, but they actually got a model of the car yeah. and they successfully sued. Mm. And I remember that case in law school, I can't remember what it was called, but I do remember that one. Yep. Uh, now, this one, they're saying that they are buying the tokens in order to get the Harrier. I swear I remember this and the and the decision they lost and I think the reason they lost was because the judge said it wasn't to do with the number of tokens it was to do with buying the product which gave you the points or whatever and they hadn't done that so they hadn't actually matched their half of the the contract it wasn't just we're selling a Harrier jump jet it was that if you have this many points you'll qualify for the Harrier jump jet so it wasn't a purchase in that sense so I think this is real and I think it's UK okay <laughs> Well, after all that, Max, have you been I mean... swayed by his utter <laughs> tr- rubbish, or, or what are you well, thinking? Is there is there any advantage to me giving the same answer? Because I there, there was this tiny bit of my brain that like pinged with familiarity when you said it. I think I remember either doing that at law school or um reading about it in the papers years ago. But that might be just complete false memory syndrome. But that was really that was so persuasive. Yeah. That I'd feel, I feel like I want mm. to go with it. But if 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 we both well, say true, if we both say true, yeah. what happens? Do we get half a point? No. Well, it depends no, if it's right or not. And 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 yeah, you'd both get a whole and point. So in this case, both, both get a whole point. point. Okay. Yes. But then you'll see if you if you don't say that, Max, yeah. And I'm right, and you're wrong. I go two 0 up, and you can't. Well, exactly. <laughs> so I I think I'm going to go down to the wire in question three and try to level it up. So I'm going to also say true UK jurisdiction. Okay. He's playing the game. I like it. Guess what? It was a US of A case. Oh, it's what? involving Pepsi. Uh, oh, come on. This, 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 this kid saw that if he sent a check for about $700,000 in, he would have enough, enough tokens in the advert to, to buy Harrier Jet. But the court rejected it because no one could reasonably take the advert seriously because <laughs> surely you won't what? get a harrier jet i mean it's like it reminds me of um a mere puff yeah, perfect but exactly puff. It's, it's, uh, but it's american is, anyway puff because uh, american puff. Well, first, well no that doesn't matter because the american system but it's no it's not so, so what was all this about <laughs> harrier jets this. are all built in the uk he's talking stuff. right he doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> don't listen to him he, he yeah, always sounds so sure that but he's probably, you know, honestly, right. Let, 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 uh, hang on. on, that is not mere puff. That's a, that's a statement of fact. It's an objective. If you give me this much, take this many seconds, I will give no, you a no, jump no. Jet. What that it is, puff. John, is it's a kid in an advert getting into a Harrier jet, having bought some Pepsi Cola, and you know, saying, "Oh, look, I no one, but stop talking." Right, let's go to the next one. Well, actually, do you know what we should do to make this interesting? We should make the final question worth two points because then if Max gets it right and I get it wrong, he wins. I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely yeah. fine with that. The next one is quite... Makes it more exciting. The next one, I, I, I'm intrigued to see how much John's going to go into this, but it's very simple. So, court decides a tomato 
is actually a vegetable as the public generally perceive it as one that's it wrong sorry wrong. <laughs> well it's up to max max goes first on this one. that is interesting <laughs> that that's not it's wrong ah, that does sound like it could be a thing and that sort of reminds me, I remember at law school, there was this great European law case where it was like, the, do you remember the wine and beer cases they were known as? And there was this thing where some European judge had said like, oh yeah, you know, we all know what wine is. It's that it's, you know, it can be defined as a beverage that you have to quench your thirst with a meal. So nobody's ever drunk wine to quench their thirst. But um, <laughs> yeah. I could, it's that sort of logic that I can see at work here. Because what was that definition you just said? It's, it's because people generally perceive it to be so. Yeah, because people think a tomato is a vegetable, it is. So it is. As oh, opposed to being a fruit. Mm. But there, there's, there's a refreshing lack of detail in this. I guess you might have made it up in a hurry right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> now you're playing the man. Oh, you're getting the hang yeah, of this. You're yeah. getting the hang of this game. Um, oh, this is tough. Oh, honestly. Um, okay, so... Vegetable, tomato, vegetable. Ollie, you do realise, sorry, by the way, by making Max go first, I can win. Because I just have to say whatever he says. Okay, well, on in this, well, how am I going to do this then? Because we're going to have to give your answers privately on a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we really haven't thought this through at all. Just make it that if Max gets it, he gets two, and if I get it, I get one. Okay, That's fine. incredibly generous of you. Take you, you're really what playing you to lose today, John. This really isn't like you. Anyway, Max. Well, I'm well, not, I'm not putting up much of a fight, to be honest. It's been pathetic, the first well, two. I know, I know the answer. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say true foreign jurisdiction. Okay. And, John, give us your you know history of the tomato, etc. Right. So, let me tell you this. <laughs> So, oh. <laughs> the distance between a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, God. fruit is an ovary seed. Inside a fruit, you have seeds. Yes, it's not a seed of itself. It's a thing that animals eat, which has seeds in it. Yes, a vegetable. It's just not a fruit. It's it's a a singular item which grows out of something else right to, to reproduce and it turns into another plant of its own mm. kind if it's not harvested right so it's a, i suppose the best way to survive is a seed but it's a singular thing a fruit is not so a tomato has seeds in it it's a fruit there's no what's a butternut squash there's no way i don't i don't know what it looks like to be honest well, butternut squash got seeds on the inside anyway oh, yeah Sorry. it does that's a good point it makes it a fruit then it makes it a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> According to you. Uh, anyway, sorry. No, that is what it is. If it's an ovary, right? It's just something which contains seeds. Right. Again, according to you. Yeah. 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 Basically, yeah. Well, I'm the one talking. Of course, it's according to me. But say, but right. You, you, a vegetable we, 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 is not just because someone says it is. It is an actual taxonomic definition. Right. Right. Of the of you know, uh, kingdom plant. <laughs> Just give me a bloody answer. Right. Right. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. Because you have decided that a court can't possibly decide something that's so... What court is this? What <laughs> court? Goes, goes, right, we'll call up all the scientists and they all go, no, it's, it's, it's a fruit. It's a fruit. They go, yeah, but loads of people say it's a vegetable. All right, have you locked... And then the judge goes, yeah, but... Have you locked in your case? Have you locked in your answer? All these... <laughs> hey, hang on. All these scientists here, they're all saying it's a, it's a, uh, it's a fruit, though. 
And they're lots of people. They go, yeah, but more people outside who don't know what they're talking about. They all think it's a vegetable. <laughs> or whatever they, they said. They all think it's a motor car. Oh, it's a motor car. Then. Like, it's ridiculous. Okay. It's fiction. Right, okay. You right. possibly... so you say, this is real. Okay. You say it's fiction. Uh, Max says it's foreign. Let me ask you something, John. Let me ask you something, John. 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 Right, I'll say this on the record. John. Before you say the answer. John. This is foreign. On the record, I'll say it's a f***ing mouth through section. Let's give that a John. Good, right? John. So, yeah, go on. In England... Yeah. We've had cases. So hold on, so hold on. What's a Jaffa cake? It's a biscuit, really, isn't it? Let's be honest. No, no. But well, okay, fine. Anyway, the fact is, Max White, it's foreign. Right, you on, lose. No, 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 no. You've lost. It's the US of A. Oh my it's god! A, it's a case of Nick's and Hedden, a decision by the Supreme Court of the United States that <laughs> under that under US custom regulations. The tomato should be classified as a vegetable rather than a fruit. So this is the most egregious up yours. <laughs> this, that has no. made my lockdown. That, is, that is a glorious turnaround. It's, it's a decision right, right. in New no, York in 18, 1839. <laughs> 1839. It must have been overturned. There's no way that's the law. <laughs> right, Max, look, I don't want to rain in your parade. Ollie, right, this is between me and Ollie now. This is not... <laughs> I can't believe this. 1839. They were very sensible in the 1830s. Honestly, they really had their heads screwed on. I mean, are we seriously saying that a tomato... Ollie? Yes, go on, <laughs> sorry. Go on, what? Is a tomato is a fruit, right? Isn't it? Come yes, on. Yes, yeah, I agree with this. Well, apparently yes, it's an it ovary, but the, well, the fact of the matter is, <laughs> according oh, to the United States Supreme Court, uh, for for only oh, only for the this, uh, don't forget, this is only this. for the purposes of the tariff uh, for custom regulations. This isn't uh-huh. they haven't uh-huh. they haven't decided in America now that tomatoes what? are what lawyer won this argument. They must have been absolute genius. <laughs> who's who's managed to convince the Supreme Court? Well, hold on here. Tomatoes are According to this article, um, a carrot is defined to be a fruit in European Union law. For the what? purposes well, of jam though. classifications, there you go. <laughs> for jam but, classifications, but, but he's having carrot isn't. jam. <laughs> I mean, that's the least of my concerns right now. And then, this let me tell you, mental. there's been another problem in the United States Department of Agriculture. Ketchup is a it's a vegetable. God, it's it's just open season over there, isn't it? Well, anyway, look, Max, I have to concede. That you've won on Ollie's stupid That's game. That's very gracious. <laughs> oh, when you lose, it's my stupid game. But when you win, well, not yeah. so stupid. No, no. To be fair, you have won, and it was a good victory. I have to give it was you. a good game. So, well, so now I have to get you something. Oh, really? Because we used to do, yeah, when this was in person before lockdown, etc. We used to give you like a pen or something, but obviously now. Uh, there is none of that. So I'm going to have to get you something. And I think I'll probably get you a key ring or something from Amazon. Brilliant. So congratulations on some cheapo present I get you from Amazon. <laughs> <That> <laughs> sounds so bitter. <laughs> so I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you a key ring with a tomato. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, can you just get some ketchup or something? That'd be fab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ketchup, yeah. Okay. So we are now going to run through our very famous question, Tom Bowler, with Max. Um, John is going to warm up the random number generator and give me <laughs> give me that's the, that's the thing wow, that's good. yeah uh, give me a number between <laughs> one and seventeen please John it's seventeen right brilliant uh, Max 
this is actually a question that was um, put into the tombola from one of our guests. What did you do to be kind to yourself today? Ooh, that's a good question. Good question I quite like that. Tell you what I did, actually. I stepped away from my desk at lunchtime and I watched a bit of Netflix for 20 minutes. I watched an episode of Community and then nice. went back to work, um, which... Uh, yeah, playing the world's tiniest violin. I often don't bother getting up and doing anything away from my desk for lunch. So that's that a nice little Monday nice. treat. That is. Yeah, it's, you've eased yourself pretty... into the week, haven't you? Yeah, I'm. I, well, it's not any kind of got up at six a.m. to gym or I didn't do an hour of yoga or anything. Actually, be really good to yourself. Just a nice bit of um, no, very easy, easy watching good. TV. Mental break. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good. Good answer. Right, uh, give me another number then, please. <laughs> It's only 12. only <laughs> 12. Uh, Max, do you have a party trick? Uh, yes, I do. But it's going to sound super boring if I, if I describe it. But basically, um, if anyone has been at a boozy dinner with me or a party where you get two wine corks, there's this trick you can do where you put them in between your um, index. <laughs> Hold on. You put them in between what? Sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, uh, just it's all on display at all times. No, nothing untoward. You just put them in between your um, index finger and your thumbs, and you like transfer them from one hand to the other. But there's like certain there's a certain way of doing it. And if you show it to somebody, it looks super obvious. And then you like say, okay, well, you try and do it now. And people can't. And you can stitch people up for hours as they try and work it out. And you can literally have your hands in front of them and go in slow motion and say, look. So then I grab it and I pass the other one over and da 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 da. And um, yeah, absolutely, it does people. Oh, I like the sound. It's of good. This. It's a really good little trick. But um, as I say, a description probably doesn't do it justice. But yes, I do have a little party trick. Give me two, two wine bottle corks and nice. uh, I'm set. And you can hustle some well, people that sounds like, get them yeah, to bet on it. Exactly what sort of thing Ollie and I can do. Well, <laughs> maybe. Uh, another number, please. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I'm just doing a top mode. It's a really this, good noise. This isn't a cat. Is this a new, is this a new uh, machine? Because it doesn't normally make this noise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's new. Uh, okay, it's not, it's not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly number eight. <laughs> number eight. What's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you at work? Good question. Mm. We're all right. humans. Yeah. He's trying. What is? What happened is we asked that question, and for a second, the answer popped into Max's brain, and now he's trying to think of anything else. <laughs> How can I? Uh, yeah. That, that, can you find second worst thing? Brain. Come on. <laughs> filtering through all the details. God. Yeah. That is. But now all you can think is the worst thing. Yeah. Well, I I did something quite embarrassing at my um at the job I had before I I went into law. I oh, worked for a call. year at, um uh oh, like, like as an account manager and sort of in sales type role um at a tech firm, and we were all going bowling that evening. So I found like a GIF and emailed around what I thought was the office, but I managed to copy in That's the fun. global CEO and like the the whole oh, leadership oh, team as well. Oh, um, and threw in like a bunch of stupid hashtags, some of which were, you know, um, slightly racy jokes and stuff. And it just, yeah, not not the best. Max, thanks very much for being on the podcast with us. Great to have you, Max. Um, you've been absolutely yeah, it's been great, great to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. I hope we'll have you back sometime soon. 
If you want to get in touch with Max about anything he spoke about on the podcast, as he said, he's on LinkedIn. Uh, Max, you also on anything else? Instagram, Twitter. He's got uh, a very old Twitter account that I stalked. Um, <laughs> really? And, yeah, I think you do. Okay. Is it is it like yeah, at Maximus yeah, Hobbs or something? That sounds exactly what I would have set up. God, I didn't even know that was still a thing. <laughs> yeah, That's I, like 10 years old. I do try That's to stalk weird, the Ollie. guests to try and find some incriminating stuff. And, Amazing. Uh, nothing really on you, mate. That down you, and delete it. Oh, that's good. You, you, you enjoy your cricket. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You saw Slash at the O2 once. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> that was good night. Good night. Yeah. Be fair, I love this one. Most people that we have are pretty clean because you have to be clean to, you know, go into law, and you're always worried about your social media being looked at. But I always, always have a sneaky little look. Wasn't much there, so. You're good oh, to go. Good to know. Good to Don't know. you worry. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what, what did I say? <laughs> that wasn't creepy. Um, thanks Man, very much. Cheers. Thank you. That was great. Thanks very much to Max. What a great episode. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you have any questions for me or Ollie or anyone on the JLD Executive Committee, we're available on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. What else? Email, YouTube. We're on all of them. Get in touch and uh, hope you tune in again. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more from the JLD right here on this channel. Don't forget to subscribe.